love that. Yeah, it's great. And we're live. Isaiah, how you doing, my friend? Good, good. It's been a while. I feel like uh, a lot has changed since we last. We haven't talked since the uh, the letter. The or the, the letter. <laughs> <laughs> the letter. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. I was talking to um, I was talking to Eric Irway, and he he called it the letter. He said that's how they refer to it as Adobe. Is the letter. That's why I called back because I listened. Oh, to okay. So you saw that? Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, it it uh, yeah, that was that was hilarious. Um. So what, what are your thoughts on all, all that stuff, man? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm definitely, I'll be honest, I'm skeptical. Uh, I'm not like super, uh, I guess, optimistic. I think for, yeah. I think for business-oriented people, it's like, dude, like you're working day-to-day. You're trying to get, you know, you're trying to like, you're landing deals. Like you have a practical perspective of like, I need to send something to clients that they're going to have confidence in. Like, exactly. you're not going to, like, you're not, like, that seems to be the perspective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll give you an example. Like, so, I mean, well, one for us, Magento has become more of a B2B focused tool. Um, right. And B2B companies are inherently risk averse, right? Like, these are like family right. run companies generally, not always, but like a lot of them are like kind of that totally. family success. The opposite of, the opposite yeah. of like a startup or like a new D to C brand, like the yeah. polar opposite. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you can't also, it's hard to move fast because they're so like complex and everything yeah. they do is just takes longer. So to move to something that is like this kind of like, we don't really know what's going to happen roadmap is yeah. not like super appealing to me or that customer base. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can see that. I can see that <laughs> for I mean, sure. Yeah, another example is like, we've looked at like all the cool new stuff and everything and occasionally sometimes we'll use it for certain use cases, but more and more yeah. again with our B2B clients, we're just like, all right, we're gonna use Luma. <laughs> we're, we're gonna base it off Luma because it's like super risk averse and yeah it works with all the apps and extensions and yeah like it just works <laughs> i think i i think your b2b focus i think you're killing it i mean because you you have the podcast you you're focused on magento for the b2b use case which is like the most clear-cut use case yeah. for magento these days so i think you're i think i think that's the way to go well I, it's I honestly hard to sell magento for b2c in the sense that like you have Shopify, which is like a super compelling B2C option. And then yeah. you have like big commerce, which is kind of a, an interesting mix. Like we see them kind of in between Shopify and Magento. And then yeah. like on the upper end, you have Salesforce Commerce Cloud, which is a very compelling B2C product for like larger B2C merchants. So it's like, you gotcha. have to get this like very specific kind of B2C merchant that fits the Magento right. mold. And that's like kind of right. hard to find. And, it's they exist we do have some but it's not like yeah it's not common enough for us that we're like going after that right if that makes sense it's like the exception not the rule for the other yeah they might be a hybrid so where there might be some is they might be b2c b2b and then it's like okay magento is a good fit for that because it can kind of be both gotcha that that feels like a good webinar like how to use Magento for your B2B, B2C combo clients, you know? <laughs> I think I wrote um, a lot. I think there's like a blog post on Magento on, that I wrote right. about that from like five Okay. Years ago. <laughs> nice. <laughs> once in a while, we'll promote it like on a tweet or something, you know what I mean? We're like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. That comes up. <laughs> I love it. That's cool. 
Um, yeah, I don't know, man. On the whole uh, letter thing, I'm, 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 I've talked about it so much. I'm still, I'm still interested in it. I still think it's cool, but um, I don't know. I'm, I, I think some people are just done with it. They're like, all right, let's see where this thing goes, and it's like whatever, you know. It's not like I want them to fail. Like I don't like totally. I guess, I guess this is maybe a sad take, but like I guess I just don't care that much in the sense that like it's it's like all right we'll see what happens and like uh, i'm doing what's best for my business right and like yeah at this point, yeah it's too early for me to do anything about it right because i don't yeah. know what it's gonna be totally but, and know. and I, I mean even what willem has said is like listen we don't expect people to have confidence in it we're going to plug away for maybe we plug away for two years they use it for their own use cases their own merchants that are already a fit for them and yeah. And then two years down the road, maybe you evaluate it for something that makes sense. And you go, oh, look, they actually have a track record. Um, so I, I think that's, I think that everybody's kind of on the same page there, you know? Yeah. Well, let's um, talk about what we do care about. How about, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. That's a good idea. And it's not that I don't, I don't know. I go in and out of, and I think everybody does, goes in and out of kind of caring and not caring about it. Um but what what's what are you what's top of mind for yeah, you these days? Yeah, man? top of mind for me. I mean, I think I look at things at like a bigger kind of the overall ecosystem of e-commerce, and and to me, Magento is a big part of that, and it's it kind of like paved the way. And I think we're in this interesting period where like it's still a big player, but then you have Shopify, which is just like eating up a ton of market share. Um, yeah. and I think big commerce is kind of becoming more interesting. They they've been launching new stuff that makes them more interesting. So we're yeah. kind of in this like interesting period where I feel like there's a lot of decent options. Like there's a solid maybe five to 10 good options in the market. Uh, and then you have like the whole headless option, which um, I think there's a lot of misinformation around when you should go headless, to be honest. Um, so we've been right. very strategic about how we talk about it and when we think it's a fit for clients. So there's that yeah. whole thing too, which could also work with Magento. So it's like, is it Magento or is it headless or is it both? Like, it's almost like two different things when you go. Yeah, like, that's kind of how I explain to the customers. I'm like, if you go headless, you're basically going like half custom because, yeah, you know, it's still so new. You could maybe use like Trogan front end or one of these things, but like you're going to end up doing a lot of development. You're not like built into the front end anymore. So like the apps don't work yeah. out of the box. You have to like hook up the apps general. Like, yeah. There's no How's um. No. I had, I was I was looking at Shogun front end maybe I don't know six months ago or something like that. How's that How's that coming along? Because that's a real that's I mean, kind of an interesting approach. Yeah, I, I think we're just kind of exploring all the options for headless. It's still kind of early, frankly. Is it just, like Shogun front end? Is it available for everybody, or is it like yeah, yeah it's still available. beta invite? Oh, okay, I think it's it's available for anybody to use, but. Um, it's the same barrier. Like you still have to build a headless website, <laughs> so you get to use their, build like, a whole bunch of stuff. Tool and some of their tools to kind of speed that along. But like the problem I see is you have to pay for their tool, and you still have to pay for like a Shopify or whatever the backend is, and then you still have to like mm. build the whole site and deal with the fact that it's headless, right. which is like a decent barrier to entry. You know, yeah. like it's, yeah, it's not something your average, especially Shopify merchant, is like ready to jump into. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a lot, a lot of moving parts. Um, exactly. Now you have like because the whole, I mean, yeah. What's that? You have a whole other like tech stack layer. Yeah. That most of these merchants don't even really understand what it is. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because the whole like value of Shogun is like that you can uh, be, I mean the, the the initial the the regular Shogun product is that you can just content management drag and drop real easy to edit. Yeah. Um, type of thing, and so in theory, if you had a headless version of that, it would be great. But it's and like it sort of is that, but you still have to like build a lot of the things yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like it does offer drag and drop stuff, but like there it's, it's still quite a bit of development involved. Um, okay. well also it's a little bit of the chicken or the egg. Like, frankly, we haven't built the site yet. So we haven't, we haven't used it because we just haven't found the, the use case where we were confident it made the right sense or no one's like said they want it. Like it's always hard to sell something new like that. Yeah. Right. And so we haven't used it. So maybe it's, maybe it's easier than I think. Right. Like, but it's like, <laughs> oh, until, until I do it like full on, you just never know. And that's a risk yeah. for us, right? Because we have to estimate, we get held to our yeah. estimates and yeah. You know, yeah. customers are going to hold our feet to the fire. If we fuck up an estimate, like, sorry, I don't, yeah. I don't know the language on the show. Oh, get trouble no, go nuts. Swearing. No, man, feel free. Yeah. Feel free. Go nuts. <laughs> the boss and the, the, you know, I can't help myself, but uh, you know, if we mess up an estimate, like we're kind of toast, right? Like we can, yeah. it's really bad for us. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's just, it's interesting how, like, um, things, I've been thinking about this just generally, like, how things progress and how, like, uh, even if something is out there, some tool exists, um, and it's great, people are going to learn about it at some uneven rate, you know, like, exactly. like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it takes time for things to get out there and for people to go, oh, maybe I'll look at it, oh, and then they finally look at it, and then, you know, it's just weird how things just, you know, they just take time. Um, well, that's the thing. It just takes, yeah, and and it's a lot harder than I think people realize to like, to have a new platform take over. Like, I think people really underestimate that, especially in e-commerce, which yeah. is why we're pretty focused on Shopify, BigCommerce, and Magento because like they all have a solid user base, they have momentum, they have money, they're trusted brands. And there's there's yeah. all these platforms that are trying to like take out Shopify that are like headless Not first or whatever. <laughs> and they're like, and, and it's like, they're like, oh yeah, Shopify sucks because it's monolithic and blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, and like you're saying, it's, it's impossible because you got the whole ecosystem around it. You got the yeah. apps, you got everything. And it's yeah, like, it's all to like the hundred billion dollars going through the platform or like some ridiculous yeah. every year. It's like some new ridiculous number. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's a, I think I read like an interesting, like it was like some well-known VC and he's like to kind of get a, like to disrupt like a, a platform, let's say like a Salesforce or something like that. You literally have to be 10 X better than that. Right. Platform. Like you yeah. have to be that so much better that it's like, you okay, now we're going to move to it because we're literally so much better that like, we'll take the risk on this new thing. And I yeah, think that's totally. the thing companies are making is they're not 10 X better. Like, yeah, you're headless or whatever, but like you don't have the app ecosystem or you don't have yeah. the theme marketplace or, you know what I mean? Like there's all these flaws that they have that just doesn't make it 10 X better. So yeah. it's like 1.2 X better, 1.5 X better. It's just not enough to take the risk. It's not enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Are you, um, are you uh, playing around with any product ideas? I think I remember we talked about that at some point. Yeah, yeah, we've got quite a few things in the works. Um, we're kind Weren't of you building like a like a headless 
type of a type of a yeah, thing we, or something we, like it was that. Kind of, it's kind of in uh, in what's the word? What's the word for it? Like the silent or, or what is that? Oh, uh, stealth, stealth, stealth mode. mode. Um, okay, all right. I don't want to pry. I don't want to pry. No, yeah. no, no. It's okay. I can tell you a little bit about it. Basically, our thesis was there is a room for like the headless platform people. I think are going around it about it kind of the wrong way. So we're actually focused on it from more of a design perspective. So that's that's about what I can say is we use it on two projects successfully, and we actually did all the designs headless, presented them headless. Cool. Um, the clients approved them headless, and one of the sites is live, the other is about to go live. So it's like we proved that it worked. The design team liked it, although it was it wasn't quite no code. Like that's kind of the thing we're still like it's it's a pretty monumental task, and we don't have like funding for it. So like it's self funded. Yeah. So it's kind of an, at cool. this point, it's kind of like an internal design tool. We're trying to get nice. more into modern UX, which is like, we believe more code, like browser experiences and not like the old school. Well, it's funny to say old school because Figma is like a new tool, but like right now design is stuck in this like flat file. So everyone spends like a ton of money and delivers you literally a picture of what the website's going to be, yeah. which is kind of a yeah. silly thing when you think about it. Cause you're like, okay, like this picture looks cool, but like, it's not the website and it's not how it's going to interact in the browser. Like you're kind of like building like almost like a, a model, like a toy model of a building. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's how yeah. everyone's designing websites. And then yeah. you have to pull it all and throw everything away. So we're trying to kind of reinvent that. And yeah. it's uh, pretty hard. <laughs> We've made some pretty good progress, but it's, uh, it's pretty hard. There's a reason no one's that problem because it's not an easy problem to solve it's you know? a tricky problem I thought, I haven't, funding, well i'm funding funding it, basically so yeah you know, <laughs> money into it so i hope it, <laughs> I hope it works yeah. out <laughs> yeah i thought that figma i haven't really used figma but i i just assumed it was it was um it, it was like browser based um, well it's browser based but it's basically just a picture but like, it generates it like i thought it generated like like HTML mockups and stuff like that, but I guess not. I haven't. Really. Not really. I mean, they have like some things that kind of like move it in that direction, but you couldn't use the code. Like it wouldn't really make sense. And it right. is still like right. actual code. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of things that you end up having to do manually. And when you start building large scale designs, like we try to, it starts like break, we've like broke Figma because we built the design that's like so big and has so many mm -hmm. pieces. That it like mm. can't load all the things that it'll take like five minutes to load because the, there's just like so many screens Too and many like pages. Yeah, it's just oh, like no. yeah. So that it our vision is that it will push the headless direction faster, but this is like a very long term. We'll we'll see. I mean, it's gonna take a while. But yeah. someone wants to give us like you know, someone give us like a hundred million bucks, we'll speed it up. You know, if they, any take hey. about that. <laughs> whoever's out there go for it it seems we'll like we'll take 10 <laughs> 10 make it easy make it easy on you it seems i mean they say it's like easy to get money these days i don't i don't know i've never raised money or anything like that yeah but. we probably could raise money but then you start to get in the whole like i've thought it's it's complicated right because then i'd have to like probably spend you'd have to do it full time yeah, yeah on to that full time and then i have to like get a new ceo at trellis which i i probably could also, the product's not quite there. So, like, then you have all the pressure of VC money being like, or like, yeah, I, I have kind of a friend slash mentor that pivoted his agency very or sold his agency and he's very successfully doing VC back business now. And he's like, 
the one advice I would give you is like get a little further before you take the VC money because like it's not fun when they're like on your ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because basically you have then you have a boss. I mean, not yeah. a, not exactly a boss, but for all intents and purposes, a boss. Exactly. Yeah. Versus being independent, you know. Yeah. So we're kind of slowly chugging along, and once we have kind of a few more KPIs that we're like, all right, there's something here that's like now it makes sense to just like go all in on this thing. We'll probably, you know, do something like that. Oh, all in. That's cool. And the, um, the B2B stuff is that, are you having, are you having fun with that? Or is any, any cool stuff you're building there? Yeah. The B2B stuff is super interesting to me. I'd say it's a mix. I have like mixed emotions about it. I'm having fun with it. And like, I'm learning a lot on the podcast and constantly talking to like really smart people. That's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly one of the biggest values is I'm like, I feel like by doing the podcast, I became like triple the expert that I was before the podcast. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, What's frustrating to me about B2B e-commerce is it to me still feels like it's moving so slow. Super slow. Like, like, I'm in like so many sales cycles and they're just like so slow. It takes them like a year to decide on the platform and then they make like a stupid decision. Like we had one where like, they decided they're going to do something in-house that we we could do for them. And I'm like, there's just no way. Like, I know how hard it was for us to build it. And we're like a friggin' tech company with like 80 people and 50 engineers. And they're like an old school distributor with like one engineer. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're like <laughs> so frustrating. Cause like in three yeah. years, we'll probably talk to them and they'll be like, Oh yeah. Like kind of didn't really work. Like maybe you guys can help us. <laughs> yeah. 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 That sounds a, like a, I'll give you an example. I have a former customer who's no longer a customer, arguably one of the worst experiences we had in B2B. There's a reason it didn't work out, right? And they had bought Magento before they had worked with us with a previous agency. And I don't even I, I don't even know all the story there. That failed for whatever reason. Uh, well, I kind of know the reason, but anyways, that failed. They came to us. They just want so much. They're just, they don't get it, right? They want like, more than what they can afford and they keep pushing yeah. you like, they think by just like pushing us and yelling at us and telling us that oh, everything we're doing is wrong that somehow we're gonna like do it faster and better and not like yeah there's just a certain math where it's like you can't it, it is what it is it's gonna cost a lot of money like if you want to do complicated yeah. stuff right yeah and they left us after we probably did like a good chunk of work and they and then they've been with a new agency for like another year and a half and they still haven't gone live. So we're talking like three, four years of them. It's crazy how it's having gotten have nothing to show for their investment. It's so crazy, it's, dude. It's like the, if I if I was the CEO, I would come in and be like, "All right, cut out half the features, go live in like a month," and it would be like, fun. "Yeah, <laughs> like I know you know it's I mean? insane." <laughs> and that's part of what those like older school businesses. Uh, don't have is just the kind of the bias for action in terms of tech. Cause yeah. like you kind of just got to, at some point, just push something out there, start pushing some pixels. Cause like, exactly. I think like, focus on like getting it right where it's like, you don't know what it's yeah. going to be right. Just get it out there, get something it's, decent and then make it better later. Yeah. Like, it's kind of the nature of tech. Like it's the nature of tech and websites versus like, if you're used to manufacturing something, uh, you, can't do that. Yeah. you can't do that. You do have to more so get all your T's crossed, all your I's dotted 
and then send it across the sea, you know, have them, you know, so I think it's just that it's just a different mindset. Um, yeah. So I think that the, the B2B company, exactly. Like they're, they're, there's two problems here. I'll give you the two examples. There's that. And they're used to this, like behind the scenes, perfect everything, you know, white glove service. So the website has to be like that. I guess there's three things Two, they think when they launch the website, everyone's going to start using it, which is not true. Like, it's not like you just launch a new website and like all your customers are like, you know what, we're just going to stop calling you. We're going to just like, th that's actually what doesn't happen. The hard part is getting them to use it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They come from a mindset of like, kind of like, honestly, penny pinching. And that's how they got to where they are is like, they right. squeezed every vendor and got like the best right. deal on distribution. And that's how they built up their little business or whatever, mid-sized business. You can't really do that with tech. You can't squeeze yeah. your engineers. They're just going to quit. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's the opposite. Like, I, you need to pay them well so that they're happy and that they do good work. Like, you know what? You're the, right. you're the engineering happiness guy. Like, you, right. you know exactly what I'm talking about. And they're like, yeah. their mindset is like the antithesis of that. And I, I think that's maybe just like a supply and demand thing in the sense that there's yeah. an undersupply of developers so you have to you can't do that squeezing thing that you did no. with when 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 you were building a product and you needed somebody to supply you bolts and supply exactly. you plastic or like commodities. maybe there was commodity commodities yeah exactly then exactly. that was the strategy that made sense was to squeeze every vendor or like if i'm trying to buy a car you know i'll email 10 different dealers i'll figure out which car i want and just email 10 different dealers and be like what's the best price you can give me on this car <laughs> and it like and it wor it works well but yeah like if you're talking about developers because there's an undersupply it just doesn't work you know yeah they don't to... realize that like so i'll give you us as an example right we have a couple deals in the pipeline that if they close they would book up all of our extra resources and hiring for the next like 6 months so right. If we close a few deals, all of a sudden we're like super booked and we don't need to like take shit from some shitty little B2B company to yeah. that's Ex us. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we're in that, such that's... high demand, right? Like we do good work and yeah. there's a high value for good engineers and good process and that it's hard right. to find them. You know? Totally. So, totally. Whereas not, like yeah. if there was ten times as many good developers and good development agencies, it would change but there just isn't. It's like there, you know, it's and let uh, me tell you, the problem is going to get worse. So I, my advice for any B2B companies, like now is the time to lock up your resources. Cause if you don't do it now in two years, in a year, they're going to be so bit up and they're not, you're going to, you're going to have even a harder time finding them. I think. It's my yeah. That's an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting one. I sometimes think like what's going to happen. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of training content for developers and stuff these days. It's pretty good. And, and there is a focus on trying to cr sort of create more developers, but it's, um, there, you know, there's more no code tools and stuff like that, but it's, 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 it's hard to imagine a future where like there's an oversupply of developers. I mean, I'm sure I don't, it's I don't see it maybe a hundred years from now. Yeah, I don't see it happening for two reasons. One, tech is just moving so fast and all companies are now need, like even non-tech companies that are like historically non-tech companies now need engineers, right? Now like, you're a tech company. Yeah, yeah like all the big banks and all the big, any big company is probably going to have like some level of engineering and that's going to increase. Yeah. All the VC yeah. back companies need engineers, all the tech companies need engineers, all the agencies. 
And I just don't think those like no code slash, you know, cheap resources to train people are going to be effective enough to like overcome that problem. Yeah. And like we've tried hiring those young people out of like those boot camps, and it's just like, trust me, throw no throw a people into Magento, see how that goes for you. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like this monstrosity of a code base, and uh, good luck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. They're gonna do more damage than, than good probably for the first like six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, have you um going back to the B2B thing, there was this uh there was this B2B tool, I think it was called like Meet Sales or something like that, that um the uh view storefront guys, you know, the guys that built view storefront. Yeah. I yeah. think they built a thing called Meet Sales and it like basically yeah. it like worked on the problem of like phone orders where like if I want if me and you want to do a phone order uh, uh, a B2B phone order it just like it may it popped everything to an email it just made it real it integrated with the platform and made it real easy to use like I was just curious if you looked at that at all or I haven't looked at it um, there's another tool I, I have seen it I think I know what you're talking about there's another tool that's uh, a company out of the US that has that's pretty big now. Um, and, uh, they have like a pretty sophisticated software. It kind of like takes all your emails, takes all mm. like the offline orders. I'm not sure about phone to be honest. And mm. it just kind of like funnels them into the ERP and kind of like automates. Okay. The so there, there are, I think they're not the only ones doing that, but yeah, there's, and that, that makes sense. Like we actually do tell customers like, go ahead, go get one of those tools. Cause we're not like your website's not going to instantly be hundred percent of your sales. So yeah. Cause that seemed, cause like you mentioned so much of the B2B stuff moves so slowly, but that seemed like a nice, simple solution to like a very specific, uh, problem within B2B commerce that just was like, you know, it seemed like a cool, well, I'll, I'll tell you something uh, about that. The, um, and I don't want to get too specific cause I don't want to give away anything. I'm not sure like what I'm allowed to say, but one of the largest Magento agencies, in the world, the uh, former owner works at that company now for, I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And I think he's doing pretty well. So. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a cool little uh, Yeah. Little so he exited his, you know, his firm and, and, and did well that there because he did the exit and now he's at, uh, at that uh, new firm that's doing kind of what me sales does. Um, and they have nice. a pretty they're doing well. Yeah. Nice, man. So many acquisitions, dude, left, left and right. You probably get emails <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you, pro no, you probably get emails like three times a day with acquisition. Yeah, offers I would stuff. say like more like three times a week, three, four times a week, probably. <laughs> yeah. So we, we come up with a new strategy where we just throw yeah. out a super ridiculous number. We're just like, all okay. right, we'll do it. 20, give us $2 billion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not that it's like it's like almost realistic enough where like someone might do it <laughs> got it so, it's just above real it's just just above <laughs> realistic and the margin of like crazy yeah and we're like you That's know a like, in a year from now like they're probably gonna be like oh that might have actually been a good deal for them because at the rate right. that we're growing and the demand in the market like <laughs> you know? that's um, a good idea but yeah we get a lot of those but yeah we're we, we see it as an advantage right now where um a lot of uh obviously a lot of our competitors have gotten bought out seems like it kind of kills some of the kind of hands on like the white some I of the mean, mojo yeah i think especially for like the smaller mid-market clients like 
Yeah. When you get bought up into like a big giant, you know, holding company, like they only care. Like they might pretend that they care about the small mid-sized business, but their business, they have so many people, they have to get the big, con- like they need the yeah. multi-million dollar contracts to just like feed the, yeah. the beast, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of an advantage for us because we're really focused on the mid market because we're like our pitch is like, hey, look, we can do what the big guys can do. Like we have the talent and the size, but we actually like will keep you as a client. Focused here. (laughs) We actually want you as a client. That's yeah, that's (laughs) smart, man. That yeah, that makes sense. Um, That makes I think it is. I think it is an advantage. you know, to it be is. independent, you know, because so, so many agencies are getting acquired. I mean, it's, it's well, almost, it's almost the exception now if you're not acquired. I mean, yeah, especially at our size, like we're, we're almost, we're about 80 people now. Like, oh yeah. Like that 50 person threshold. It's like everyone oh, yeah. after 50 people is sold out. Totally. And I think the reason totally. for that is, is services are tough, which here's my going back to why you need to invest in agencies. This is, I'm going to try and figure out how to say this in like a succinct way. Cause it's like that roundabout story. That <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know, you know me and my roundabout stories, but what's... <laughs> that's what we do here, man. Roundabout stories. That's all we do here. <laughs> what was my original point? Again? All right. No, anyway. so, um, I think agencies get squeezed, right? Because they're, it's so saturated. Anyone can start an agency. It's so competitive. And the founders get burnt out. And one thing that we've done really well, frankly, is just figure out how we, we have a fortunate, uh, we have four of us, four owners. So because yeah. of that, we're able to balance and, and we all have different, very specific roles, which helps too. Yeah. Like one's our COO, he only does operations. One's our CTO. He's right. like a million times better than I'll ever be at development. So he focuses right. on development. One's only focused on sales and marketing. And then I'm kind of like the seat, kind of in between all of those things, just helping in all the areas. Um, So that helps. But I think agencies get burnt out because clients just demand impossible things, right? Like they're just like, all right, you know, it's it's, uh, October. I need a site up by like November 35th. (laughs) They're like, well, sorry, November, you know, November 30th, uh, end of the month. (laughs) (laughs) December 5th, December 5th. Yeah. Summer day. We get those. We, we, and so agencies get caught trying to please clients on impossible deadlines, margins get squeezed. It just becomes a very difficult business to run. Um, and so, and especially also to scale and grow, and you have scaling challenges, you have cash flow challenges that come with scaling and you have to bootstrap. So I think most of these agencies just get sold out. And like you said, the quality kind of goes down. And that's why, you know, my roundabout answer is that businesses should take the time and, and really partner with the right agencies because the cycle changes. The agency that maybe was good, that was 40 people, they get bought out. And then, you know, that same service you might not get. So. Yeah this developer demand is, is, is this pro is this ongoing problem? You see, you see what I'm saying? Like it's, it kind of, that's part of the problem, I guess. That's what I'm kind yeah. Of like, yeah. Like I definitely agree. Like, like, uh, your, the, the, the level of quality you get can change over time with an individual agency or even with an individual developer. Uh, um, I mean, mm-hmm. human beings, right? Like you change. Get burnt out. Yeah. might get burnt out, want different things. And then dealing with an agency, 
maybe you're you're working with a different person, a different team, more junior team, more junior PM, blah, 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 blah. There's like a million things. Or yeah. like you're saying, you get acquired and then there's different management. It's like... Yeah. A lot of times with these acquisitions, a lot of people leave. A lot of people leave. I've noticed that. That's been our, it's been very good for our hiring. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Most of I, our hires have been from people of the agencies that have been acquired in the last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I understand. I'm not going to get any more detail than that. But yeah, that, that, you're not going to get too much more detail. No, I, it's, I'm assuming it, it's helped your business a little bit too. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's you know, it, it's get on both sides of it, you know, sometimes. But yeah, it, it uh, it, you know, it happens. I mean, people get, um, post acquisition, it's hard to, it's hard to keep people as happy as they were before. It just is. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's a strange thing. Like it's, I think it's, it's also like the culture and the end goal has changed, right? Like you're working for this small agency. It's kind of cool. And you're like, Hey, you know, we have, we're all part of this little thing. And then it's like, now we're owned by this public company. Like, okay. So like, yeah. what is in game there now? Okay. Like, it's like, all right, now I work for McDonald's corporate, right? Like, yeah, you know, and then at that point, I feel like the employees are like, well, do I just care about the money or do I care about like my lifestyle? So then they kind of have to like rethink their, what they want. And that makes them kind of like question whether yeah. they should stay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the whole um, developer happiness thing is, is a whole interesting thing. I mean, it, you know it it's something that's kind of elusive to keep developers happy and it it changes over time and you know um it's it's they, so important it's so important though yeah how do you um how do you do that and how like how do you keep yourself like like you said you're one of the exceptions that hasn't gotten acquired like how yeah. do you how do you yet. like <laughs> yeah, yeah you haven't thrown in the towel you probably could but like how do you stay engaged and like interested and in stuff that's a really good question because you're right honestly if i wanted to walk away and probably like basically retire off the equity that i built i probably could right so yeah. um two things i mean one, um, I feel like I'm just getting started in the journey of like what we can be doing. Like there's a lot of things that I see us doing that are getting more interesting to me, like building kind of mini products, building mini operational things that are kind of like almost like products, but we don't sell them, but they're like within the organization that are kind of unique. Um, there's a lot of operational layers that we built that like when we hire new employees from even bigger firms are like, we've never seen anything this sophisticated before which is kind of cool, cool to hear when like, someone is like working for you and they're like impressed by that. So there's just a lot of like, like we put a lot of time into like forecasting and road mapping and we have like an OKR model. So I feel like we barely oh, that's cool. that stuff. So yeah. to me, that kind of keeps me motivated. Like, Hey, we're still like years away from like things that I want to do. And then I stay busy with like some side stuff, like this kind of interesting design headless thing that is kind of an internal tool, you know, Kind of keeps yeah. me uh, sane to have something like that going. So I try yeah. to keep. I, I, I guess what I would say is I don't. I don't work like I don't believe in like burn yourself out, work sixty hours a week. I think if you're doing that, it's not sustainable. Unless yeah. like I think that's fine if you just started out, right? Like if you're like yeah. year one, year two, you're I'm yeah, year yeah, ten. Yeah. If I was year ten working sixty hours a week, you'd be like, in trouble. 
Yeah, it's there's yeah. no way. That's why those guys probably sell because they. Yeah. So I, I think you have to build the system so you don't need to do that, and the company doesn't die right. if you by put in forty or thirty five hours. Like the company's still fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are the um? What are the OKRs? If you if you I don't know if you want to dig into that at all, but. Yeah, we do them by department. Um, I don't want to get too specific, but like, yeah, it's by department, like design department, hire this person or like, it could be about hiring, could be about an operational thing in the department. It could be like develop a new skill set. It could be about training. It could be uh, one of the big things we're focused on is reusability because we've developed so much stuff over 10 years and we feel like there's more we could be doing to kind of like, we're going to try and either make some of it open source or make it like more reusable um, oh, that's cool. across clients um just you know when you have those common use cases where it's like all right this clearly is going to come up again or nice you know that's stuff. cool i always forget what okr stands for it's basically like a kpi but it's a it's, exactly it's yeah i don't even remember what it stands for honestly <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny it's just it's the weirdest like, acronym like operational key objective or something i don't know i, I don't yeah. know what <laughs> I'll have to Google it. Uh, operational key result or something or I don't know. Yeah. That, see, this is where, like our COO. This is why I'm not the COO because I don't know. I don't remember what it is. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you can tell and I'm not the OKR guy. I'm not the one. You're guy. not the OKR guy. <laughs> you're the guy that went. You're the guy that went. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's let's put exactly. those in place. I, I come up with the ideas or I approve the ideas, but I did not. I'm not the one that implemented the OKR system. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I have another. I have another buddy with an agency that um, hired a a COO, and he said it's amazing. Like all of a sudden, all the operation stuff is off his plate, and he can just focus oh on God. sales. Uh, it's you, just a you can't total. be COO and CEO effectively. Like I was doing it for. So we had actually, uh, the backstory for us is we had actually bought out our COO. It was kind of like a falling out and, and we mutually parted ways. Um, so there, so, and we didn't, we couldn't like really afford to backfill him right away. So basically I just like took it over and I, I can do it. I did it well enough to kind of like improve cash flow, improve, improve some basic stuff. But it was yeah. pretty obvious to me. I was like, all right, this is, I'm not going to be able to take this much further. Like this is. Like one, I didn't like doing it, so I wasn't motivated to do it that well. And two, like yeah. you either put all your time into that and then you lose some of the CEO stuff. Um, so we got lucky and just, uh, we actually ended up merging slash kind of like buying our COO's Shopify agency. And then he, that's how he became our COO and one of the owners. And he, he was oh, like, okay, all cool. I want to do is operations. I was like, great. <laughs> that sounds, nice. I'm great. <laughs> You're nice. hired. <laughs> that's awesome because he was the opposite he was the ceo but he didn't want to do like the sales and like he doesn't want to do this like he doesn't, he doesn't do podcasts like that's not really what he wants to do you know right yeah yeah just finding the thing that you really love to do and focusing on that is like i've been thinking about that a lot lately like it takes it takes a while to figure that out you know even though it's really it, hard and I'm still dealing with that. Um, like I'm starting to get to the point where I do more of what I want to do, but there are still times where I have like downtime and I need to do stuff that like, or I should be doing things and I'm like, ah, this is like pretty boring, but I feel yeah. obligated to do it because you know, I want to <laughs> do a good job for the company. Like, I think it's really hard to put yourself in a position where it's like a hundred percent. Yeah. You want to be doing like, unless yeah. you have like billions of dollars to like, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I find that sometimes I don't know exactly what it is like, cause, um, 
I've had times where I could be like, okay, I can basically do the stuff I want to do, but then I'll be like, well, what do I want to do? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll focus on one thing and then I'll shift focus or whatever. Like it, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's like, I can never quite nail it down. Um, yeah. I think but. I'm sort of changed my opinion on it that I think it's okay to kind of like not be, you know, gung ho about everything all the time. Like, I think it's okay to kind of like take a step back and maybe have like, maybe not your like most effective day, especially, well, mainly when you're in our kind of position where it's like more of a thought leadership, vision, visionary position, right? Like I think uh, if you're a do, do you have kind of more of a specific job where you're a developer, it's probably not as easy to do that, but in our kind uh, of role, like, okay to like step back and be like, all right, how do I like reorient myself around this to kind of make it more interesting? Yeah. That, maybe I'm just yeah. justifying it for myself, but that's how I feel about it at this point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I think people that really figure out what they're best at, what they like to do and just yeah. hone in on it. Like, like, you know, yeah. it just, it's it, like, it's crazy what you can achieve if, if you just know what the hell you want to do, exactly. just do it, you well, know, and there's, I don't think it's that simple though. Here, here's my take. Like, let's say, you know, you want a podcast, but the, the chances are like you're obviously great at podcasting, not everything about podcasting you want to do. Right. Exactly. So, like, exactly. Yeah. You have to promote the, so I'll give you an example. I like doing the podcast, but I hate like finding the snippets and then promoting them. Yeah. And I have to get staff in place to do that for me. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. have to do it and it's like, that's like this one little piece of it that I'm like, I haven't been able to outsource. Right. Cause like, yeah, you know, there's a million things going on. I can't budget for every little thing that, that I want yeah. to do. Right. So there's always these like trans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's these like transitionary, uh, transitionary <laughs> phases yeah. where like you're, you're, you're finding something that you like to do, you're good at, but then there's, there's, there's always these things around it that just kind of like, and if those things are too, um, too distracting, then they can just pull you out of it. And then you can just be like, ah, I'm done with this podcast. I don't want to edit, uh, you know, I'm done editing. But like, if you can, um, but yeah, like if you can just power through, do the stuff you don't want to do and, and, and hopefully like 80% of it you do want to do and yeah. then get to a point where you can out, you know, like outsource some stuff. Then, exactly. You, yeah. you basically, yeah, exactly. You have to power through that 20, 30%, maybe even could be 50% if it's like, you know, it depends where you're at until you yeah. can afford to kind of bring in the resources to do those little things. And that's the challenging yeah. part though, right? And then you bring in a little bit of that and then there's like a new thing that pops up kind of like, <laughs> and you're like, no, then there's, yeah, no. then there's, <laughs> then there's a new side project. Like my buddy, he like started a, a business and then, you know, it's doing well and he's doing that full time. And he's like, he's like, well, I'm doing, uh, when he say he's like my side project became my full time project. So now I need a new side project, <laughs> you know, like got, you always got to have, some kind of a side project, I guess. I think I've just come to the, come to the conclusion. I just, I'm not, it's funny. Cause like I care about money and I don't care about money. Like the only reason I care about making a lot of money is so that I can have the money to do all these ridiculous side projects. That's cool. <laughs> but not to like, actually like buy random shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, I yeah, think the only yeah. way that I can have enough of those things to like, keep me interested, I just need to have like some insane amount of money to like, go around and buy all these little things and like operate them or do, the do all sorts of crazy like, stuff. A good example is like, I would love to have the money to just go in and buy up all these like 
dying B2B companies and turn them around because it's like painful oh, really? for me to watch. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> you um, know, like, oh is, man, it's so is painful there an, watching these B2B companies. They're probably, like, is there an example of what you could talk about? Probably not because these are all like Yeah, I do have an clients. example of one, but they're not a customer. It's my okay. friend's business, my friend, family okay. friend, and his dad owns the business. They're even thinking about selling. Um, I'm not going to get too specific because I don't want to give away who they are. And okay. I want to say, that, you know, they're maybe worth like five, 10 million bucks, like small distributor. I think they might have a basic, like some tiny manufacturing capabilities. Like just dad is just like, it's like, it's like a mini version of succession. Have you seen the movie succession or the show succession? Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they're not that successful, but like hasn't changed the ERP in like 20 years, has no e-commerce. <laughs> has like no strategy to grow the business <laughs> and he's just right. like stuck in that size. So they're like, might sell. It's like, I would love to be like, okay, I have 10 million bucks quickly go buy them, reinvigorate the business, you know, get the sun in a more modernize everything in a more exciting role. He'd be excited to do more shit. Yeah. You know, modernize it. And all of a sudden it's like $50 million business. Right. Yeah. But I don't have $10 million. just like sitting in a, in a vault sitting in a savings account one day day. (laughs) yeah um and then you know the funny thing is like if you did that like you'd have like some of these crappy things you'd have to deal with like you'd have to deal with oh yeah manufacturing equipment (laughs) yeah warehouses and stuff you'd be like i don't want to deal with this but um eventually you'd figure it out like Mark Cuban and he has a guy for that, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he's like, he sends his guy out to go deal with that. But you're right. Like, then you probably Sends have to go like out. fly around. Like, I don't really like flying. Probably have to fly around a lot. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't like flying. You just like, like to stay, I don't know. stay in your zone. I'm, I'm no, it's more that I'm just like, I, I just get nervous about it. Like it, I'm getting better. I'm getting, I, I need to fly more. Like I notice okay. if I fly like enough times in a row, like the third time in a row, I'm like, ah, whatever. But like that yeah. first time I haven't flown for six months, I'm like, oh, God damn it. Like, hopefully we're going to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's going to be raining. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to somebody. I, I, I think I was talking to somebody and they were like not nervous at all about flying, like at all. Like it was totally, and, and it's, you know, if you look at the statistics, it's safer than driving. Oh, yeah. We all, we all know that, but you like emotion. It doesn't make you feel any better when I'm like yeah. shaking in the air. You yeah. Know? Like- <laughs> yeah. Like emotionally, I'm always like a little nervous about it, but you know, not too much, but like I was talking to somebody and they were just not at all, like zero negative emotions about it. And it's like, it's weird how. And they were talking about how their, their, I think their parents were like afraid of heights and, and like how some people are afraid of heights. Some people are afraid of different things. And, and it's just weird how something that is so normal for you to be afraid of or worried about anxious about for another person, it's like nothing, you know? So, so, so. here's a good, a weird example of that. It's even very specific. I'm, I hate the part being in the air. Like for whatever reason, I feel like it's like so out of control. You're just like, turbulence randomly and it's like so long and you're stuck in the seat and yeah. then i'm so happy when we're landing like i'm like yes like we're, <laughs> going here. Like, we're gonna be on the ground and um my fiance she like is not nervous at all being in the air but she hates uh, landing she hates okay. landing landing statistically is actually the most dangerous part that's the most dangerous part yeah For yeah me, yeah one of the most dangerous. <laughs> For me, i'm like oh we've made it like 
whatever. Like, even if we crash on the landing, I'll probably survive. Like, <laughs> be okay. I'll just jump out the window, roll out, yeah. slide like, down the wing. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Funny. But she's like all scared, like when we're landing, and I'm like so excited. Like that's just like, a weird example of like how yeah. to like flip in the experience. Yeah. And whereas I'm like miserable for the three hours before the landing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Doing your time, like reading a book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. It's funny how people are different. Yeah. Ah, well, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Um, any uh, anything else you wanna you wanna share before we wrap up? Any links you wanna you wanna drop? No, Anything no, like yeah. Once we start going off topic into like flying and uh, like surviving airplanes, we're probably <laughs> it's probably off a good time uh, to wrap it up. But no, I mean, I guess I would say you know we're we're constantly innovating, constantly working on new stuff, and um, obviously any Shopify Magento stuff, we're happy to help with um, in big commerce. Um, and then on the B two B side, like I'm just perfectly open to talk to anyone about it give them my advice like i like giving that advice especially uh merchants that don't know what to do like to me it's like obvious right that's why i get so frustrated i'm like all right do these three things like go just go do it <laughs> nice. Like, nice i could have like two conversations and probably figure out what they need to do right <laughs> nice, that's cool getting them to listen to me is a, is a whole nother challenge but you know if someone wants Dude. to invite free advice i'm happy to do that once it gets more than like a few hours and i might be like all right we gotta work something out here but yeah. <laughs> well hey man people should take you up on that um yeah, but, yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll